Добро пожаловать в Международное бейсбольное объединение. Ваш ведущий Дэвид Бернс. Thank you, Olena, for that introduction. My name is David Burns, and I'm the host of the International Baseball Community Podcast, and this is episode number 14. Today I have two separate interviews. The first one is with Trevor Ruper. Trevor and I go back to 2011 when he was my coach here with the Atening Athletics in Austria. Uh, Trevor since moved on uh, this year to Swedish baseball, where he just wrapped up a championship with the Stockholm Baseball Club in 2013. And then he hopped on a plane and went down to Sydney, Australia, where uh, he just uh, got picked up by the Penrith Panthers uh, for this season. Uh, the second interview is with Scotty Mulhern. Scotty uh, just finished playing this summer uh, with the Atening Athletics as well. He was my roommate the whole time. I got to know the guy real well. Uh, he also played in Sweden, so he could speak on sw Swedish baseball as well. Uh, he's a native from uh, Brisbane, Australia, so he'll fill us in a lot about Brisbane, Australia and the baseball there and the opportunities. And it just so happens that Trevor Ruper from the first interview uh, also played in Brisbane, or sorry, coached in Brisbane a while back. So uh, I, I get a lot of information on both guys about uh, baseball in Sweden and baseball in Brisbane, Australia. So let's get on with the interviews. First, we'll start with Trevor Ruper, the coach of the Swedish baseball club from Stockholm, and then we're moving on to Scotty Mulhern. Hey, Rups, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, David. So how's it going up in Sweden? You're, you're in the semifinal at the moment, aren't you? Yes, sir. It's going uh, very good. We've had quite a successful season so far, uh, but uh, I would be lying if I told you I would be content with anything short of a championship victory. Um, we are one victory away from going to the championship final in two weeks. Okay. That's a uh, best of five series. That's good to hear. So yeah, I think you're going to, you're going to pull through there, Rupert. I know you will. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted to ask you a few questions about, uh, well, let's start off with how many clubs are in the, in the Swedish elite league. It's called, right? The elite series. Yes, sir. Yeah. There's uh There's six full-time clubs, and then there's one club called the Swedish Baseball Academy that plays uh, uh, while the kids are in school. The Swedish Academy is a uh, high school which uh, they tend to put emphasis on uh, uh, baseball players, um, and they play... Uh, each team twice. So there's six full-time teams, really. Okay. And the Swedish and team gets a couple team, couple games against each team. Uh, I see. But they're not actually in the in the league, per se, like in the standings? Are, are they in the standings when you were to check out the They're standings? in the standings, and the games count uh, for the standings, but they can't make the playoffs. They I can't. see. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, uh, you know, are, what's the league like there? Like in Austria right now, any, it's anyone, anyone, any club could win the championship in any given year at, at the moment, but it hasn't always been that way. Uh, and I know in some leagues, like in the Czech League, uh, uh, Drachi uh, dominates that league. And so there's a few leagues where the top couple of clubs dominate, and then uh, and then everything after that is kind of they're just struggling year to year to compete. Uh, so what, what's it like in the, the Swedish league? The Swedish league lacks depth. Uh, 
We are, uh, I consider us kind of head and shoulders above uh, the other teams. But uh, Carl Skoga also is a competitive team, as is Lexon, and a team called Sunni Berry. So there's four teams that compete quite well, and then there's the two other teams are struggling to win games at all. I think uh, the team called Albi won four games all each season, and the team called Gothenburg maybe won two games all season. Uh So... It kind of lacks uh, depth throughout the six teams. Okay, and would you say that's on be due to the the skill level of the Swedish players, or are some teams not importing players? Or uh, no, every team imports players. Gothenburg imported two. Sundbyberry imported one. Carl Skoga, actually, the only reason they're that strong is because they import they imported three players this year. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And Lexon imported one. They usually do two, only one this year. We imported a coach and one player. So um, the, the actual Swedish players are uh, – there's some good talent, especially at the position levels. Um there's not a lot of pitching, but uh, the Swedish position guys, uh, they hold their own for European standards. Okay. So, uh, yeah, what type of imports are coming in? What are their backgrounds usually? Are they straight out of college mostly or, or a variety? Some uh, they're mixed. Cool? They're mixed. Well, our guy is straight out of college. He just finished college. Uh, Carl Skoga's pitcher is uh, – He's been bouncing around. He's 27 years old. He's been bouncing around the semi-pro leagues and the European leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, then there are other two guys. One of them was straight out of college, and uh, I'm not sure about the other one, but uh, it's a mix. There, uh, Gothenburg had two guys that had played in Germany the year before. Yeah. Um, so it's a mix of guys straight out of college and uh, veterans. And are, are you the only imported coach in the league? or? Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm the only imported coach in the league. Okay. Great. And, and you know, you've you played with me or you coached our club in, in, in Austria in 2011. So you're – it's pretty recent. So you're able to compare the two leagues. Are they, are they similar as far as um, competitiveness or level of play? Yeah. Actually, it's uh... – the Austrian league is more level. I mean, they're uh, each team, like you say, uh, can beat the other team, and the Swedish league is uh, more top-heavy. And uh, it's uh, like I said, one team only had two wins; the other team had four wins. Um, the Swedish league is is overall more talented, but uh, the games aren't as close, if you know what I'm saying. It's a little more competitive there. And contract-wise, do you think, uh, you know, it's pretty much the same as Austria, return flight and and small salary, and you're set up in an apartment and maybe a few extra perks? Yeah, pretty much exactly. I have a, uh, um, you know, small flat of my own, uh, return flight and uh, small salary, 
with the chance to make a little extra money going to uh, schools and whatnot. Um, okay, so you get paid a little extra to go to a school and just introduce the game of baseball or do a little clinic with them? Absolutely. The uh, Stockholm Club that I'm with is a very strong organization, and the uh, the whole Swedish federation works at uh, improving youth uh, sports and whatnot. So the club actually gets paid from the the uh, Swedish Baseball Federation to go out and introduce baseball to schools and whatnot. Okay. And did you find that maybe baseball is a little more accepted there than it would be as opposed to like Austria? Uh, because I know, you know, I know hockey's big in Sweden, so I thought maybe baseball's a little higher up the totem pole there. No, not at all. It's, uh, <laughs> No, there's no, no, you, I've talked to, you know, people, I've met a couple people that never even heard of baseball, you know, um, it's not, uh, hockey is huge, they're really good at hockey, um, they play football also, you know, soccer, but, yep. uh, no, it's, I would even say Austria, you know, had more knowledge of baseball than Sweden really as a whole. Yeah. Maybe that has something to do with the success of the German League and the Czech League that's nearby, but uh, no, people in Sweden have no idea about baseball. Okay, one last Swedish question. How are you enjoying the lifestyle? Like, uh, you know, you do a lot of sightseeing and things like that, and I know you did that in Austria. Uh, Yeah, how's it going there? Are you getting to see a lot of the country? Absolutely. Stockholm's beautiful. Uh, The Stockholm Archipelago is a... uh, uh, organization of islands off of the Stockholm uh, estuary or whatever you want to call it. There's something like 25,000 islands and islets. Uh, very nice to take a boat ride through those and uh, go to the different islands. The uh, weather here has been outstanding. Um, 70, between 70 and 80, uh, between 20 and 25, you know, Celsius. Every day since June with the uh, rainstorm mixed in once every two weeks or so, it's really been quite pleasant, actually. It's, it's really nice. Oh, great. So, uh, yeah. That's, it is expensive, though. Yeah, I've heard that before, yeah. yeah. <coughs> yes. A little on the expensive side. Well, good. Um, you know, I'd, Absolutely. I, I, I'm glad to hear you're having a good time up there, and I, I'm it's good to hear that you're at the top again. You know, in Austria, you you led our club to an Austrian record at 24 and four in the 28 game schedule, and and now it looks like you're doing the same there. So uh, wherever you're going, you're bringing wing, wins with you. So it's good to hear. Um, yeah, thank you. So back in 2006, 2007, winter ball in in Australia, you spent some time in the Brisbane League with. What's the name of the club again? Can you say it? Toowoomba? This club was called the Toowoomba Rangers, yeah. and uh, it was a bit of a struggle, actually. Um, it was a struggle to even get nine players to the game at times. Uh-huh. Um, they did import players. We had two imports and an imported coach that year. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was a bit of a struggle that year. Yeah. So And I- they actually... Uh, Toowoomba dropped out of the Brisbane League the year after I left, but I think they've gotten back into it since I've here. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I have a little little bit of knowledge about the Brisbane League, and and I believe that they are back in, but I'm not sure. Um, so were these imports 
paid? Like, are they, because typically what I've been hearing is that in, in, in Australia, they'll set them up with a job, maybe even uh, some accommodations, but they, there aren't, typically they aren't paying the flight or, or a salary. Do you know anything about? What, yeah, what when I was there, um, no one was paid. They, they paid for our flight and our, uh, uh, sponsor visa. Um, but they did kind of set us up with jobs. We had, we had enough work from other members in the club to, uh, let us have a good time. Okay. You know, um, but you it were, wasn't you, perfect. You had your flight uh, paid though. That's all three of you. Yeah. You, you yourself, which you were the coach and the two players, they paid all three flights. Yes. Yes. <coughs> wow. That's, that's, yes. that's really and as if you uh, know, a team from uh, the uh, Sydney league just hired me for this winter. And uh, yeah. what they're doing is they're paying my flight uh, no salary, but they get me a job. Yeah, a yeah. paid job. Okay, so. well that's pretty good because quite often they they won't even pay the flight. So I, but I, I hear that that they quite often will set you up with a job, and it's usually a good job, you a high paying job, or you know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This guy uh, uh, in Toowoomba wasn't so much like that. They struggled to get us work. Yeah. But this guy over in Penrith, he's pretty confident. And he said one of the players last year worked full time and was bringing down like eight hundred dollars a week. Yeah, wow, that's good. Good. And I, I also heard there's opportunities. Uh, I don't necessarily know in in Sydney, but uh, there are some opportunities out in Western Australia for sure for some private coaching lessons as well, and it pays quite well. Yeah, I know this guy. Uh, he set me up with uh, three groups a week. It's like an hour and forty dollars in hand. Yeah, for private coaching kids. Okay. Well, so there's a little extra money in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, that's cool. So you, I guess, you fly out to you're gonna you're gonna get home and then you're gonna fly out to Sydney pretty quick after this season. Yeah, I leave uh, Sweden the week after the finals, which is September 24th. I'll be. In Portland, Oregon, for a couple weeks visiting and taking care of some business, and then I fly out to Sydney October seventeenth. Awesome! Great to yeah. hear, Roops. I'm glad you're doing well, and uh, make sure you stay in touch. And yeah. uh, I'll definitely be following your uh, your winter ball season in Sydney and see how that's going. Right on, Bernie. Sounds great. Perfect. Thanks for your time, buddy, and uh, best of luck to you. Okay, Dave. Thanks. Take care. Ciao. Alright, Scotty, bud, welcome to the podcast. Good to talk to you again. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, buddy. It's been it's been a little bit lonely back at the apartment without you there, but uh, you know, uh, it's not going to be too much longer. And then you're back, and we're playing ball again. And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be good to uh, catch up with you here on Skype. Yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, let's maybe we can start off. If you can tell the listeners a little bit about your, you know, where you grew up playing baseball, and then uh, yeah, we'll progress to how uh, how your career uh, ended up overseas. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I started off playing uh, when I was nine years old. Uh, found found out through a just a, a newsletter about baseball and. So I decided I'd try it out, see how it went. 
Um, long story short, uh, I started playing representative baseball within my state um, at national championships, and then I made the decision that I was going to take uh, baseball further and, and and look for it as a as a career path. Mm-hmm. And um, and from from there uh, with. One of my club affiliates that I was playing with, he was a ex-professional scout in Japan. Uh, he actually helped me out and got me a uh, got me a position on on one of the um, Japanese company independent baseball teams. Okay, so we'll get into the Japanese company independent baseball in a sec. Just to clarify, you grew up playing ball in Brisbane, Australia. Where maybe yeah. when you were a kid, baseball wasn't really so well known, and uh, so you 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 saw that newsletter, and, and then it progressed from there, and then uh, you decided to make try to make a career out of it and see some of the world, and uh, so then uh, through a connection, you you made your way over to the Japan of all places for your first first international stint. Yeah, that's right. That's uh, that's exactly right. And um, at the t- at the time when I started, they originally had. The Australian Baseball League, um, so it was possible for like for young kids like myself to go watch a professional baseball game, uh, which made it much more exciting. And then, um, then the Australian Baseball League folded due to lack of money, but um, now it's up and running again. As in, it's uh, fourth season, I do believe. Yeah. Okay, and. and- in, so prior to Japan, where you were playing uh, in which league in, in Australia? I was playing in the um, Greater Brisbane Baseball League, which is the uh, the top league before the Australian Baseball League in, within the state of Queensland. Okay, so I, I know t- just through talking to Owen Reed out in Western Australia and, and a few others that there's various state leagues throughout Australia, but you would classify the Brisbane, the Greater Brisbane League, as as maybe a little little closer to the ABL than in comparison to some of the others. Uh, yeah, um, I do believe so. Uh, the the Greater Brisbane Baseball League is regarded as one of the more competitive baseball leagues throughout um, club club level baseball leagues throughout Australia. Um, obviously, your uh, your Western Australian league is is very strong, as as, as well as your um, your the league in in the Melbourne area and Victoria. Okay, so uh, the, how many teams are in that in the Greater Brisbane uh, league? This year we have eight teams. Um, previous years we've had anywhere up to fourteen teams. Um, it just usually it just depends on um, on players, player availability, mm-hmm. and um, obviously club requirements that um, that the that the league commissioners choose upon. So such as uh, junior club um, players, um, facilities such as uh, lights um, and and safety and safety. Pres- Precautions that each each field needs one to go. Okay, and uh, you know, as far as importing is concerned, are are, are clubs and uh, are these clubs bringing over uh, players from overseas from the U.S. and, and uh, where? Yes, um, 
almost every every team in the Greater Brisbane Baseball League has at least one to two imports. Mm-hmm. Um, now each each team is allowed to have three imports um, on their on their roster at a time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and are are these imports? Uh you know, uh, are, are they primarily uh, coming out of the U.S. Or, or are they coming from Japan as well or other parts of the world? Um, the majority of the time, they're, they're U.S. players. Um, but again, that being said, there, there are imports that are from Japan as well. Mm-hmm. And previous years, we've, there have been a couple of guys from uh, Europe as well. Okay, and are are they being paid, or or is it more like they're over there, uh, you know, maybe seeing some of Australia, and they brought their glove, and and you know they set them up with a coach or something. Uh, generally speaking, that they're, they're getting they get paid a little bit. Um, again, it, it's it's dependent on on what what the negotiations and what the contract is with with the player and with the club. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, I can only speak for the players that we bring over uh, with the club that I'm affiliated with. But uh, what we do is, if if we as a club pay for an import player to to fly over, then then we pay them fifty fifty to seventy five dollars per game, mm-hmm. and we find we find them accommodation. Um, so usually yeah, like a host family, yeah, and then we we try and do our best and help them to find a job as well. Okay. Um, that being said, if if we have paid for them to come over, then their then their availability is only for our club, um, and we we do not release them to play for the Brisbane Bears, which is the um, the ABL team. Okay, that was actually my next question. <laughs> was uh, you know what what kind of opportunities are are there for uh, these guys to maybe get picked up in the ABL? Because I, from my understanding, the ABL kind of uh, basically um, uses that they can t- they can put, snatch a player off any club throughout Australia. Uh, as far as you know, they all act as a feeder club. So um, so you you. Do you think that's pretty common for most clubs? Yeah, that's right. To tie up the players so that they're not um, able to do that. Yeah, the well, the um, obviously the the ABL has to have permission to take each player from that is affiliated with the club. Mm-hmm. So they, they obviously need clearance either from the club or from the coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that clearance is is up to the club or the or the coach and whether or not. They're, they're eligible to play, but um, this year in the ABL, they've they've allowed fourteen roster spots for non-Australian baseball players on each team. Uh-huh. Uh, so they have had a, a large expansion on on available slots for import players. Okay, so. Uh... Is it, do you find that's a common thing that the guys are being called up from these state league teams? Or oh yes, yes, of course. Uh, we've actually had one of our left-handed pitchers who um, go off to play with the the Brisbane Bears this year. Now, so we've essentially lost him for three months.
months of the season. I see. Okay. So I guess that was negotiated ahead of time that if an opportunity arises where they can go up, then uh, they're able to do so. And that's just kind of the, the riskier club takes or they know that going into it. So, Yeah, that's right. Um, and part of that is obviously if, if, a, if an import comes over to play for us but pay, pays his own way to fly out to Australia, then obviously we... We're not going to restrict his rights to play in the ABL if he has that opportunity. Okay, so there's kind of a trade-off. If if you're if you're paying the guy to come over, then uh, then you know you have a little bit of leverage there if you want to keep him around playing for your state league club. But if he's coming over on his own and he works his way up to the ABL through your club, then there there's not a lot you can do to keep him around. So yeah, exactly. Okay, and what, can you speak a little bit about the? Uh, is there a demand for coaches? Do you, do you notice any import coaches coming over? Pitches, yeah. Uh, sorry, co- um, coaches, coaches. Oh, coaches. Sorry. Yeah. Um, coaches, not not so much a high demand. Um, purely purely because our uh, the Australian Baseball Federation has has come up and designed a. A fairly, um, a fairly well-developed coaching coaching process. Um, so coaches have to go through their different levels to become qualified at, um, to be able to coach at different different stages of baseball. Mm-hmm. So for someone like myself, I'm, a le- I'm at level three, so I'm eligible to coach at a at a state level. Okay. Um, and then once. Once and if I reach level four, then then I can coach at a national level. I see. So any outside, anybody from the outside coming in would would obviously need some sort of certification going along with that that could um, measure up to the standards in, in in Australia. Not necessarily. If they are, if they're looking just to coach like a a, a junior team or junior development, yeah. then they obviously need to have some some kind of credentials mm-hmm. but if they're coming over to coach uh, the, the top league team then um, then they don't really need to do, uh, have have much in the way of credentials it's more just um, what have you done in your baseball career mm-hmm. type of thing okay cool that, that really gives us a good idea what's going on in Brisbane and uh, you know I appreciate that uh, any clubs that you kind of recommend or you know or not necessarily recommend but uh, that you find are, are kind of the front runners in, in the within Brisbane baseball what are the top clubs there uh, well the the top at the moment the well last year's champions are the Windsor Royals mm-hmm. um now, the past three years, they've had they've only had two, they've only brought over two imports. Oh, sorry, no. The past two years, they've only brought they've brought over three imports. Um, now, two of those imports have been the same guys for the past three years, mm-hmm. and only recently have they brought in um, a, a new guy. So, but um, they, this year they have two. Two starting pitchers, um, and they, they don't have a positional player this year. But in previous years, they've had um, 
two starting pitches and, and a positional player in the outfield. So uh, I, I take it there's no restrictions then as to foreign pitchers, like uh, you know they can't pitch in the first game of a doubleheader or something like that, like like it is in many countries in Austria or in Austria. Sorry, not in Austria, in Europe. <laughs> uh, no, there's no restrictions on pitchers. If you have if you have two two starting pitchers, then they can throw they can throw both games on Friday night and on Sunday. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. That about sums up the the questions I have about Brisbane there. Uh, unless there's anything you think that you know the listeners might be interested in that I didn't ask about. Or... No, I think um, for the most part, it's it's all pretty self-explanatory. After that, yeah, you know, it's um, kind it's of fun. kind of re- reach out to the clubs, um, but also um, be aware that they're not going to. A lot of clubs aren't going to try and I'm going to baby you through through the process, um, and when you're here, they're going to kind of expect you to, to help out a little bit, just like any other club uh, within Europe. With the youth, so it's, it's yeah. So it's more like it's it's a give and take as well. Yeah, in Australia. Very understandable. Um, yeah, I have a boat. 10 minutes left here so why don't we move on to uh, you know I'd like to ask you quickly a little bit about Japan uh, and, and I know the, the listeners are probably curious about any opportunities there for maybe people that aren't coming out of minor league ball uh, are there any opportunities for guys that maybe are out of college and were drafted and uh, they want to take the game overseas uh, are there you know you, you ended up over in Japan uh, are there many opportunities over there in what did you call it? It was a, a, like a company club or something? Sorry, you're breaking up there, Davey. I was just basically asking what the opportunities are for maybe someone that wasn't playing professionally in the U.S. to go over to Japan. Um, honestly, it's it's quite tough to get into the Japanese uh, independent leagues. Um, mostly mainly because of the language barrier mm-hmm. and um, and because obviously as a lot of people know the Japanese are very uh, very strict and, and, and very stern on, on their culture if players have ever played against a Japanese team or watched a Japanese team play uh, they, they may have noticed that every time that they step onto the baseball field they, they will take their hat off and they will they'll bow and say thank you to just, just be it for the opportunity to be playing on a baseball field um, so in that regard, it, it is it is difficult, but it's not impossible. Okay, so um, maybe the but I mean the Europe and Australia present many more opportunities in comparison. Oh yes, by by far. Yeah. Um, the Japanese leagues do not really advertise and and definitely don't go out looking for important players. Um, okay. But they are open to having. Or what's as such if obviously the right guy comes okay so maybe um, it's more like maybe you, you know somebody that knows somebody you can maybe end up over there yeah that's um, that's more the way that that it is in um, with especially within trying to get into the, the independent leagues there it's definitely uh, who you know um, who do you know that can can help you out to get over there okay. um Okay. With uh, the independent leagues. Oh, sorry. What, yeah, what was no, that? Sorry, I thought you were done. Go ahead. 
Um, with the independent leagues, though, um, especially as a farmer, it's pretty much all tryout basis. Uh, so you, you would have to fly your way over there and go to the um, to the winter league tryout, which is um, I think it's ten days of straight ten days of, of games every day for um, like two to three games a day, ten days. So. Okay, so if a guy so really, really wanted to get on over there, he could fly his way over if he had the funding and and you know if he's yeah. con- and if he was confident in his abilities, then it's possible to make your way over there. But other than that, it's yes, yeah. okay. Um, maybe okay. We got a few minutes left. Maybe let's just quickly go through Sweden here. Uh, you know, where did you play uh, first of all? I played in Sweden in 2011 for the Karlskoga Bats. Um, they're, I think, uh, central Sweden, roughly. Okay, and are they among the top clubs there in Sweden? Um, the year I went, uh, they had just come off a championship winning season. Um, the, and then the year I was there, we finished fourth. And then I think they, they finished in the... They, they made playoffs again this year. Mm-hmm. So they, they are they are definitely a contender every year. Okay, is that is that league kind of top to bottom pretty competitive, or is it more like the top couple teams dominate? Um, overall, it's uh, it's a fairly competitive league, um, even with the the lower teams as well. Um, there is there is one team though that that you play. It's a, it's a high school academy team that they are. Um, they're not as strong, obviously, because they're all high school kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally speaking, the, the league is is fairly balanced throughout the clubs. Okay, and, and how would you um, compare it? Uh, is it pretty similar with Aus- Austria? Sorry, with compensation and expectations, like they want you to help out with the youth and everything like that. Like they pay your flight and small salary and put you up in an apartment. Yeah. Um, Contract wise, it's 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 very similar to to what you receive in Austria and um, other countries that that I've I've met guys who've played in other countries and they've said that their contracts are pretty similar too. So um, I think it's the European style um, of or the, the European way of doing things in regards to contracts. Um, I think they're all pretty much the same in, in a lot of regards. Okay. Whereas, some salary. Sorry, can you repeat that? Repeat that one more time. I it just broke up for a second. I was just saying that um, I think throughout Europe, a lot of the con- um, the basis of of what the contracts are that are offered is pretty pretty much the standard around which is flights accommodation and salary okay yeah that's pretty much the the common common response uh, across all the leagues that aren't professional anyway other than than italy and and holland but okay um and just w- one more question about that uh, the opportunities that you that you witness for for imports uh, in sweden are are they are all teams importing and how many imports per team um, it's three imports per team. Yep. 
Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Let me correct myself. Two two imports per team, but then they can have um, more guys with European passports. I see. Okay. Um, and there's and how, ma- then, how many teams in the league? There are eight teams. Yes. And are the do you, do you know if they're importing in the second division? Um, the year I was there, um, they had a second. They had a, there were a couple of teams that had um, imports that were in the second division. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, one of them was a uh, one of the catchers that we ended up bringing up to help us um, throughout throughout our year. Okay. Cool. And then just one one more thing that I'm curious about, and I know some of the listeners are, is just basically. A, a direct comparison of the baseball in Sweden and the baseball in, in Austria, um, and maybe even compare the quality of life too, just off the field. What was that? Sorry. Is there any? Can you put a comparison on the two leagues uh, in Sweden and Austria? If it, just the level of play, and maybe uh, also off the field, what the quality of life is like. Okay. Um, on the field. Uh, the quality of baseballs is pretty is pretty even, um, I do believe. Um, the only the only big difference would be the the pitching. The quality of pitching is, I believe, is a lot better in Austria than than it is in Sweden. In, in, that includes uh, import pitching as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to regards to lifestyle. Um, if you if you were to live somewhere like uh, in Sweden, like Stockholm or Gothenburg, then obviously um, things are going to be a lot more uh, upbeat, fast-paced, a lot more things to do and see. Uh, same as if you're going to live in in Vienna, mm-hmm. in Austria. Um, but again, it's the lifestyle is fairly similar. Uh, food is is a little different, but I mean it's still. Both both countries still have very very delicious food. All right, let's um, get to the the real the real one question that everybody has. Well, this which beer is better, Austria or Sweden? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I know you're pretty good at sampling them, so yeah, you're the right guy to ask. Yeah, I've 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 been known to to dabble in my beers over the days. Um, I would honestly, I would have to go with um, as as an all round and overall. Um, I would have to go with the Austrian beers. Um, that I, I feel like all the Austrian beers that I that I had compared to all the Swedish beers that I had, <laughs> I felt like the the Austrian beers were. Or a lot better. Now, are you, when you say all the beers, are you talking variety or how many you actually consumed? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not go there. <laughs> uh, no vari- variety, um, variety. Yes, um, I, I did. I did drink. I, I did. I did try every different beer that I that I possibly could. That was Austrian. Um, and I didn't. There was not a single beer that I said I don't like. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I, you know, I don't, I couldn't name a Swedish beer, but I know the Austrian beer is pretty darn good. So, 
Scotty, you know, thank, thanks for your time. I know you did this interview driving, uh, so <laughs> I, I really appreciate that. And uh, hopefully, we didn't risk your life. But um, and yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to your know, your return in the spring and getting back on the ball field with you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Right on, buddy. Stay in touch, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll meet up again on Skype soon. No problem. Thanks, Davey. Thanks for your time, man. Ciao. Bye. That wraps up the 14th session of the International Baseball Community Podcast. I'm your host, David Burns. I want to thank you all for listening, and thanks, Scotty and Rubes, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I also want to clear up one little thing uh, about the number of teams in the Swedish uh, First Division. Uh, Rupert said there are six teams, and Scotty said there are eight. When Scotty played in the Swedish Elite League, there were eight teams, but they've downsized to six. So I believe that the, maybe the top few clubs in the second division uh, are importing players. But as of right now, there are six teams in the first division. And as you heard the guys, uh, there are some opportunities uh, for two or three imports per team. Uh, Stockholm has won four of the last six titles. Uh, and Karskogel Bats have been right on their heels. Uh, so those are the top clubs to be looking at uh, if you want to look at potentially playing in a, a European Cup baseball tournament or qualifier, uh, then those are the teams to look at. Uh, in Australia, the top clubs they were talking about, uh, Scotty played for the Karina Red Sox. Um, and uh, I also know through previous interviews uh, uh, with Jeff Tezak, the Redcliffe Padres are another club that's bringing over uh, imports. And uh, like Scotty said, the Windsor Royals are last year's champions, so they look like one of the top clubs there as well. Uh, A new feature for the podcast is called an insider tip, so the IBC insider tip. And the insider tip uh, today is going to be a little uh, advice uh, based on how Scotty has sustained such a long international career and why uh, the athletics in in Austria have re-signed him for a second year. Uh, Scotty's a very versatile player, so if you can bring uh, a number of assets to a team, such as playing middle infield like Scotty does, but he could also uh, throw, uh, he can also come in and pitch, and he can catch. Uh, and also he has quite a bit of coaching experience as well. So <coughs> if, you can, uh, you know, if you can develop your game so that you can play uh, different positions and if you can get that coaching experience, it's really just going to help you because a lot of these uh, clubs can only afford one import uh, or, or two and uh, they want uh, to be able to use them in a, a number of different ways. So uh, the more you can bring with you, the more you could add to your profile as to your abilities, then uh, the better the chance you have of getting picked up somewhere. So once again, thank you all for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast or you appreciate it, uh, I'd like you to uh, head over to the website if you're not there right now and subscribe to the podcast or blog. Uh, Or you can comment on on this podcast episode. Uh, You can like it. You can share it on Facebook. All those would be greatly appreciated. Uh, And lastly, if you want to support my cause and the website, you could always purchase your baseball goods or products that you need through my affiliate links at no extra cost to you, and I receive a small commission, and that helps to offset some of the costs of running the website and podcasts. So thanks for listening, everybody, and take care out there.